Good morning. Uh, welcome to South Union Christian Church and to Flapjacks and Flannels. Uh, if you are interested in more of the Flapjacks, there are more. And uh, yeah, feel free to get up and get more while I'm talking. I don't care. I want you to, you know, leave hungry or not hungry. I want you to leave not hungry. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, Flapjacks and Flannels, this is the second year we've done this. It's kind of becoming a tradition, maybe. We'll see. Uh, but I don't know about you, but I love a good tradition. And uh, the sillier, the better, too. When I was growing up in youth group, um, there was one tradition that like, we kind of had within our youth group um, that like, no one really knew why we even had it. Like, it, we, it, was, it, was a, it was a tradition amongst uh, the group, but we didn't really know the reason. There was this tiny Statue of Liberty that someone had placed on the ledge near the stage in our youth room. And no one knew who it was or why it was there, but we all knew that it had to stay there no matter what. And if anyone, because year after year, someone would be like, why is this here? I'm going to move it. If anyone would try to move it, they would be met with screams of, don't touch it, leave it there. Like, it has to stay. Um, and, and eventually, the longer you were there, you just knew, like, you don't touch the Statue of Liberty. It has to stay right there. And... Um, Eventually, it, it was taken down, I'm, I'm sad to report, but it took them, like, tearing out the entire stage before that actually happened. Like, it was some major structural reworking of that room to take out that Statue of Liberty. But uh, whenever I think back on that, I think it's really important, like, we didn't totally understand the reason why that was important to us, but it's important for us to know the reasons behind our traditions, because they kind of tell something about us. Um, that one, even though it was so silly and so small, uh, it weirdly enough made us closer as a group. It was kind of a signal, like secret knowledge. Like if you knew that the Statue of Liberty wasn't supposed to move, then you were like in. You were a part of the group. And if you didn't know, then you would know pretty quickly because we would tell you, like we wanted you to be a part of the group. We would let you know, but this was something that had to stay. And if, if it moved, then you must not understand what it means to be a part of the group. And speaking of traditions, I think Christmas has to be the season full of the most traditions. I mean, we're probably on tradition overload at this point. Now, there's the ones that we all know, like we, that we all share. We have the Christmas tree and the presents and the music that we all listen to around this time of year. And then there's the ones that are like just like your, maybe your family does. Like I was just told the other day what a pickle present was. Maybe Jackie can let you know if, if you want to ask her. But pickle presents or something weird that maybe just your family does. Um, traditions are, are special. Um, every year at my grandma's house, we have a lot of traditions that kind of point to the Christmas story. And I don't know if that's super intentional. I feel like it was kind of an accident. One of them is uh, me and my cousins every year at my grandma's house, we go through her entire house and we count how many nativity sets she has, which seems like that wouldn't be that long. This year, we were at 67 nativity sets. Uh, and I think she buys more every year just so that we have more to find. Um, they're all over the place. And we, and we go through the entire house counting and, and 67 nativity sets. And then uh, another thing that we do every year is every Christmas Eve, me and my cousins growing up, we would, we would act out 
the Christmas story. And this wasn't like something an adult made us do. I don't know why we would do it. We just always did it. I had a couple of really bossy cousins, girl cousins, that were like, okay, this is what we're doing. And weirdly enough, even though I was only one of two boy cousins on that side of the family, I wasn't always Joseph. Like, we switched roles a lot. I was usually a a donkey, if I'm being honest. That's usually what I played over and over again. Um, but, But we would always act out the Christmas story um, every year. And so it was kind of impossible for us to be at my grandma's house on Christmas Eve and not just be bombarded with a Christmas story. Everywhere you looked, we'd act it out, someone would read it, and no matter where you looked, there'd be about 10 nativity sets in every direction. And so it was just kind of right in your face. And I don't know what traditions you guys have for Christmas, but all of our traditions, they make Christmas feel more special and meaningful and purposeful. And if we didn't have our traditions, I mean, Christmas wouldn't really feel like Christmas. And maybe you've had a few Christmases like that recently where it didn't totally feel like Christmas because you didn't get to do one thing or another thing. It felt off. See, they're not the reason why we celebrate, but they magnify the reasons why we celebrate. They're, they're important, and, when, and it's fun whenever you have a tradition that's lasted a long time that you can hold on to and, and point back to when it started and why we're doing it. Personally, my Christmas traditions, I feel like, have been changing and kind of been up in the air for like the last five-ish years, and there's a lot of reasons for that. One that we all share is I feel like COVID kind of shifted our, our Christmases for the last few years. Maybe this year was the first Christmas you had that was kind of back to normal-ish. I know that's kind of how it was from our family. Um, but it, I, I have a couple of other reasons why. One, um, I got married. Uh, that changes Christmas quite a bit. Um, it, it's not quite the same as before you're married. Um, I had a son in the last five-ish years. Uh, that changes Christmas quite a bit. My, my focus on what's going on uh, it, it changes. And then, uh, and also in the last five years, Lexi and I both on our side of the family have, have had people pass away, relatives that were Maybe they hosted a Christmas, or um, they, they were really involved in a tradition or two that, that aren't around anymore, and, and that changes Christmas, too. And, and I know, just because that's the way life is, that you guys have probably had a few Christmases recently that haven't totally felt like Christmas, because a tradition hasn't been there, or something hasn't happened. And, and it hurts when a tradition ends, right? When, when it comes to the end, usually because... Traditions are connected to a specific person or people or a season of life. And when a tradition ends, it kind of points to that season of life being over, like it's kind of come to an end. Either someone who is central to it can't be a part of it anymore, or, uh, or the reason behind it has changed, or it doesn't make total sense anymore. And I've kind of been reminded over these last few years that traditions... Uh, Traditions don't last, and, and that can be kind of sad to think about, but even more so outside of Christmas, seasons don't last. Seasons of life change. They, they move, and, 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 and even though we want something to last and, and, and keep on going, they don't last forever. You won't always be in high school or in college. You won't always be a parent to young children or a parent to teenagers. You won't always have kids in the house. And one day you might have kids in the house. Uh, you, may, you may be uh, not in that job next year, or you may not be in that house next year, or you may not even be in this city. Seasons change. 
And, and, and these changes have kind of led me to really focus on, you know, the whys behind my traditions and decisions and commitments. Um, it's made me look at my Christmases because they've been so different re recently. Like, what are the traditions that I really care about? What are the things that I do every year? And why are they important to me? Because when things come to an end, they kind of force us to examine them, right? Like, what was, why did I like this? Why, why was this a good thing? Or was this a bad thing? And, and it's really important to kind of get into that mindset and look at the things that we do uh, repeatedly throughout the year and, and ask the reason behind it because our seasons are going to come to an end and we're going to have to make new decisions and, and new habits and new commitments and form new traditions hundreds of times in our life. And if we don't know the reasons behind those things, we're going to kind of be led in every which direction. And I don't know about you, but I kind of have a tendency that whenever a lot of things start to change, I kind of just go into autopilot and check out until things start to make sense again. You know, like, I'm just going to kind of go with the flow. Um, but as I was reading through 1 Timothy uh, the other day, I was really encouraged by what Paul had to say to Timothy. It's in this section where he's, he's writing to Paul, or he, Paul's writing to Timothy, and, and the church is changing. It's kind of moving into a new season. There's a lot of people that were really committed to the church, or maybe they, they started following Jesus, but now they're in this like new season of life, and they're trying to decide whether or not they want to continue in the church, and some of them are falling away. They're choosing to prioritize other things, and Paul is encouraging Timothy, stay strong. Focus on the commitments that you made in the beginning and make sure that you, you're remembering why you got involved in this in the first place. So if you will, join me in chapter 6, verse 10 of 1 Timothy. For the love of money is a root of all kinds of evil, and by craving it, some have wandered away from the faith and pierced themselves with many griefs. But you, man of God, flee from these things and pursue righteousness, godliness, faith, love, endurance, and gentleness. Fight the good fight of faith. Take hold of eternal life to which you were called and about which you have made a good confession in the presence of many witnesses. Paul's talking to Timothy here um, specifically about people who are choosing to prioritize money over following Jesus. And I think it's important that he's talking about money here. I think this is especially true about money. But I think it could be true of a lot of things that we prioritize over following uh, Jesus. I think that he's kind of saying, if you are going to put anything else over following Jesus, you are going to be led to many griefs. If the reason behind your decisions and your habits is money, you will wander away from the faith and be pierced with many griefs. But he offers an alternative. He says, if you want to fight the good fight of faith, take hold of eternal life and live up to your confession, which that confession he's talking about, if you continue reading and there's some tags that reference other places, he's talking about the confession that Jesus is king, specifically that he is king. Like that's what it's referring to. Um, and, and if you were confessing that Jesus is king, you need to live up to that in your life. What I'm being reminded about like in this season of life is that life is change. It's going to change no matter what I want or what I do. It's going to change. That seasons come and go, but the reasons behind my decisions throughout that outlast seasons. My reasons through life are going to matter. They're going to have more to say about who I am and what I'm doing are going to have more to say about who I am than the seasons and what's coming and going. 
And quite literally, uh, the Christmas season is over. For some of you, that might be a breath of fresh air, like, all right, thank goodness that's over. Uh, but some of you probably are, are I, I know me, like, we put the, like, Elliot went down for a nap, and he woke up, and the Christmas tree was gone, and he was like, what in the world happened? Like, he was like, where's the Christmas tree? And maybe that's you, um, you're feeling like, I feel like we didn't totally get to Christmas yet, but it's already over. But we're going to have to put all our decorations away up here. Um, we spent the last five weeks on Sunday morning kind of going over the Christmas story, really digging into the truths that it has for us. Last week, Jeremy talked about the anticipation that leads up to Christmas, and it's come and it's gone. And we talked about all the deep meaning of the symbols. We've done Advent. We've talked about all the deep meaning of the, of the wording and the Christmas story, what it means for us, and how there was a birth that changed everything. And it's so easy to kind of get to the end of the season, and then we have a new year, and we move on, and we just kind of pack up all of that meaning away with everything else until next year when we start dragging out those decorations again. But the truths that we've been talking about over these last few weeks, they, they don't just matter in December. The hope and joy and peace and love of Jesus are actually the beginning of a, of a story that should last forever. They're truths that we can build our lives on. And, and the story doesn't just mean to close out the year. It actually is the beginning of Jesus becoming king from now until forever. It's actually a season that doesn't end. It's the beginning of something that's going to go on forever and ever and ever. You see, yeah, Christmas, Christmas is over, but, but Jesus is still king. And, and we, can, we can say that with anything, right? You can replace Christmas with whatever we want there. Maybe that relationship is, is over, but Jesus is still king. That season of life is over, but Jesus is still king. Maybe this didn't work out the way I wanted it to or how I envisioned it to, but Jesus is still king. And if you want something to hold on to in the middle of life's ups and downs, if you want a reason that's not going to be affected by uh, the coming and going of the seasons, confess Jesus as king because that's an eternal reason behind all of our decisions. And it's actually confessing Jesus as king that Paul is calling us to here uh, in First Timothy, following Jesus begin, begins with declaring Jesus as king and continuing to do so for the rest of our lives. It's a daily thing. And everything else flows from that simple proclamation. Seasons come and go, but Jesus does not. And so we have to ask ourselves, what does it actually mean to make Jesus the reason behind our decisions? What does it mean to uh, make him the reason behind our commitments and, and our, our habits and our traditions as we, as we head out from this, this birth of a king that we've been celebrating? And I think the first step to, to any of this is just knowing what Jesus looks like, knowing who he is. I mean, a lot of people claim that Jesus is the reason for what they're doing, but they have no idea what he looks like or what he cares about. And if you don't know Jesus' heart, how can you follow him? If you don't know the things that he cares about, the things that he wants, how can you know what to do for him? I mean, that's like if, if I was like, I'm going to buy myself a PlayStation 5 because of Lexi. I think that's what she wants for me. <laughs> and and just, because, just because I want that to be the reason doesn't mean that actually is 
the reason. However, a lot of people claim Jesus is the reason for their actions, even, even if he isn't. Or even if they claim that he's the reason for the, their actions, it doesn't mean that he actually is. You need to know Jesus and what he cares about and what he looks like. And that just begins with reading the Gospels over and over and over again, trying to figure out who this guy is, the decisions he's made, and, and who is Jesus. And then I think the next step is then to examine your life, to examine the decisions and commitments and traditions that you already have in your life and ask yourself, what are my reasons behind these things? Why, why am I doing these things? Why do I care about these things? And do they have anything to do with Jesus? And I think one of the best things we could do as we head into this new year is maybe if there's something that has nothing to do with Jesus, if it needs to end, maybe that needs to end. But on the other hand, maybe it's something that you can make Jesus the reason for. You don't have to quit something. You could just learn, how can I make this about Jesus? Because like I said at the beginning, seasons come and go. Maybe the commitment that you've made to something right now in your life is really important to you. And, and it might be really important, but it may not always last. But your commitment to Jesus will always matter. And if you make that the reason behind it, it will always have a purpose and, and a passion behind it that matters. So ask yourself, how can you make Jesus the reason behind the commitment in your life? What, and then the next question is, what commitments maybe do you need to start? As we head into this new year, maybe as a family, what traditions do you need to start? What habits? Maybe it's just something as simple as, let's read a chapter of the Gospels every night together. Or maybe as an individual, it's like, I'm going to start reading my Bible better, or I'm going to become a better prayer this year, or I'm going to um, make sure that I, I'm talking to other Christians and I'm in community with other Christ followers that are keeping me accountable, that can make sure that I'm, I'm doing my best to put Jesus first. What commitments do you need to make with your family or as an individual that magnify Jesus? If you want to be able to weather life's ups and downs, I think Paul says it best here in 1 Timothy, where he says, take hold of eternal life by confessing Jesus as king. And he finishes really strong in verse 13. I want to read that for you. In the presence of God, who gives life to all, and of Christ Jesus, who gave a good confession before Pontius Pilate, I charge you to keep this command without fault or failure until the appearing of our Lord Jesus Christ. God will bring this about in his own time. He is the blessed and only sovereign, the King of kings and the Lord of lords, who alone is immortal and who lives in unapproachable light, who no one has seen or can see. To him be honor and eternal power. Amen. Jesus is king. And in a world that, that's constantly changing in seasons of ups and downs, he is a sure thing. He's someone that you can put your trust in. And if you continue to declare Jesus as king, he will always be able to, to show up for you. He will always be a reason that will, that will be there for you, and you will not be shaken no matter what comes to you this year or in the years to come. We're going to transition into a time of, of communion now, and, and I always love communion um, because I think it gives us a moment to, to look, around, look at ourselves and our relationship with Jesus, but it also gives us a moment to look around at the people in this room. And I, I love that today we're, today we're sitting around tables um, and that we're, we're all kind of 
uh, enjoying a meal together, literally, because in the beginning, that's what communion was. It was just people getting together and, and sharing the bread and the cup and remembering Jesus, but also remembering how Jesus connects us all to one another. And, and what a commitment would it be if this year, everyone in this room committed to the people in this room, that these are the people that I am in communion with, that we are connected together through Jesus. So as you come uh, this morning to take communion, um, I, I want to encourage you not only to take this as a time to spend with Jesus, but to look around, look at the people in this room that, that you're declaring, these are the people that I am I'm connected to, that I am following Jesus with, that these are the people that I want to follow Jesus with. And, and I want to do whatever I can to, to lift them up as well. So if you will, pray with me. Dear God, thank you for uh, this morning. I pray that uh, as we head out, that we can uh, truly lift up your name, that we can declare your, you as king. I pray that we, can, uh, that we can think through the things that we've committed ourselves to, God, and, and think about how we can put you first. I pray that you can uh, maybe make this year a year of, of, of difference, of change in our own hearts, God, that that no matter what's changing around us, that we are continually becoming more and more like you. In Jesus' name, amen.